Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know what I really struggle with sometimes? Forgiveness. Forgiving myself, forgiving others, and even sometimes forgiving God, as strange as that sounds. And so I invited my friend Lisa Turkers onto the show today, and she actually recently wrote a book called Forgiving What You Can't Forget, where she shares some of her own stories of heartbreak and how to let go of bound up resentment and overcome the resistance to forgiving people who just aren't willing to make things right. And even she offers so much incredible perspective on, you know, learning to forgive ourselves and allow ourselves to be loved again. And even digging into what about when you feel like you have to forgive God, when you feel like God's betrayed you, when you begin to really lose hope and you feel unseen, unheard, or uncared for. So we're digging into all of that today. She has so much wisdom to offer. I can't wait for you to hear it. But before we dive into that, I just want to remind you and make sure that I tell you this. If you have not yet, or if this is your first time tuning into the show, be sure to hit that subscribe button. I would love to show up in your earbuds every week. We release a new episode every Wednesday. And if you have been subscribed a while or you've been a longtime listener, I would love if you can drop a rating or review on the show and just show this show a little love. It's uh, very encouraging for us as we spend a lot of time and energy creating it. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Let's dive into this episode with Lisa all about forgiving what you can't forget. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Lisa, welcome to She. Well, thanks, Jordan. It's so fun to be with you. It is fun to be with you here as well. I am so looking forward to getting to have this conversation. It's a topic that um, I personally struggle with quite a bit, and as I believe most people probably do. But before we dive into everything I want to ask you and everything I'd love for you to share, can you share a little bit about, for those who may not be familiar with you or may not know about your most recent book, um, Forgiving What You Can't Forget, can you tell us a little bit of your background, your story, and why forgiveness has been an important topic to you and why you wrote the book? First of all, I want to say you're not alone if you struggle with forgiveness yeah. because <laughs> I am, I feel like I was kind of an unlikely candidate to write a book like this. I think most people assume you write a book from an area of strength, but this was definitely a book written from an area of struggle for me. And I think because when you love deeply and that love gets broken or wounded or 
tainted in some way, when you've loved really deeply, you hurt really deeply. Mm -hmm. And it's from those deep places of hurt that an emptiness is created, that bitterness wants to move in. It's like putting blood in the water Mm -hmm. of an ocean. You know, the sharks come near and emptiness and just that feeling of rejection or being betrayed can really invite in some hard feelings, but it's because when we love deeply, we hurt deeply. So my story is that my, I have five grandkids and they run a ministry called Proverbs 31 Ministries. I've been doing this for a really long time. I've been married for over two and a half decades. And a couple of years ago, I found out my husband was being unfaithful. That was in early 2016. And I was shocked. I was horrified. For the purpose of time, you know, it's going to sound like I'm just kind of checking things off of like a random list of what happened. But, Mm -hmm. you know, these things were not just, they didn't just break my heart. They shattered my heart. And yeah, I felt like not only shattered my heart, but shattered my life. Mm -hmm. And so it was not a easy journey. It was a, it was a journey that took a very long time. My husband and I were separated for two and a half years and there were a lot of complicating factors in that. And, you know, I think because I'm such a visible person in the Christian community, I, I'm known for the books that I write and the ministry that I lead and the Bible studies that I do. I think people were as shocked as I was. And so, you know, that was hard as well, inviting public opinion into your Mm -hmm. very private pain. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So in a nutshell, that's what I walked through. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you have certainly had to learn the art of forgiveness. I'm assuming in a very, like you've shared, uh, messy way and, and writing from the struggle. You and I have talked about that before because I remember asking you, Do you ever feel like you can't write about something because you haven't fully overcome it? And you really shared some really wise um, insight on that and just the importance of sometimes you write from the place that your reader is and um, you never really arrive at, oh, I've got this figured out now, so let me tell you how to do it. It's more of a journey. And I think that's so true. And so I would love to know if you could share a little bit of your perspective on forgiveness and how you see this. I think a lot of times, especially those in the Christian community, we feel like forgiveness is more of like this obligation. At least that's how I felt sometimes um, when my heart's been shattered or I felt betrayed or I felt unheard or disappointed or hurt. A lot of times it feels like, okay, I'm just doing this because I'm supposed to, right? Like that's the thing you're supposed to do. That makes me a nice person, I guess. I would love to know is that your take on it or what have you learned through your through your journey and your experiences and, and how that shaped your view of forgiveness as a whole? Well, forgiveness to me for so long, like you, it, it kind of felt like this thing I had to do, you know, mm-hmm. to be a nice person. Mm-hmm. But it also felt like an incredibly unfair gift that I had to give to the person who hurt me. And it just rubs against the grain of the hurting human heart because it feels like the person who deserves a gift the least is now God saying, give it to them. And that's the way I looked at forgiveness. And when we look at forgiveness like that, it can feel like, well, it's too to forgive until it feels like it's too late to forgive. And then it just never seemed to find the right time to forgive. And Mm -hmm. so when I started this project, I was definitely wrestling in that way, because I thought there's got to be 
a different way to look at forgiveness. So I actually spent a thousand hours studying forgiveness in the Bible, really trying to understand how is it that this good God that we serve could look at the hurting person, the person who's been devastated, wounded, betrayed. How could he look at that person and say, now you have to forgive. And it just wasn't making sense in my brain until one day, literally I was sitting at my gray kitchen farm table and I read some verses and all of a sudden it clicked in my head. I've been looking at forgiveness all wrong. I literally pushed my chair back, threw my arms up and said, wow, this changes everything. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness isn't an unfair gift that we have to give to the person who hurt us. Forgiveness is actually God's greatest mercy for the hurting human heart to be able to heal. And that's what forgiveness really is about. And you see, we don't even have to conjure up forgiveness inside of us. I mean, when we read all these verses about forgiveness, so many times it tells us, forgive as God forgave you, or as in Christ, God forgave you. And suddenly I started to understand God is the originator of forgiveness. And as God's forgiveness flows to us, we simply must cooperate with it and let it flow through us. Mm -hmm. And it's that pass through that heals and, and continues to heal the hurting human heart. Now, it doesn't instantly fix trust. Mm -hmm. It doesn't instantly mean that relationships are mended. It doesn't, you know, instantly always make you feel better, but it is a way to start cleaning out your heart of the toxicity of bitterness and unforgiveness, rage and anger, and all those things that are not just damaging to us spiritually, but they're damaging to us emotionally and physically as well. Hmm. That's so powerful and so good. But I honestly, I think sometimes it's easy to hear that. And honestly, from my own perspective, and I want to ask about this whole idea of forgiving ourselves and forgiving God too in a minute, because I think it's not always just about another person. But when it is about another person, I think sometimes what can be hard is like we can cognitively decide, okay, I'm forgiving them. But it, like you just mentioned about how it doesn't instantly heal the relationship. It's like, what about when you still have those feelings of like, but I still don't really like you, right? Like, or I still feel this, you know, I, like the feelings don't just go away. The feelings of hurt don't just immediately go away. So I would love to hear your thought on that as a little bit of a kind of digging into that a little more, because I know that that's something I've experienced when I finally choose to go, okay, I'm cognitively going to make this decision to forgive because I'm just holding on to this. Okay, I've done that, but I still have these like I still get nervous or anxious or just feel like that lump in my throat form when I hear about that person or when they contact me or whatever it is. And so I'd love to know if that has ever been an experience you've had and what your thoughts are on that. Absolutely. I wrote in the book, hurt feelings don't often want to cooperate with holy instructions. Mm, that's really good. And for us to deny our feelings, that's that's the mistake I think that a lot of people have been taught about forgiveness. Mm. Like just set your feelings aside pretend that it doesn't matter when inside of us, we're like, no, this matters very much. Mm -hmm. Or is it us saying, well, it's okay that they did that when it's not okay. You know, mm -hmm. when you've been really hurt deeply and wronged in incredible ways, I think it's crucial 
that we start by acknowledging our feelings. I remember when it was in the worst part of my journey with my husband and he had actually gone to rehab because of some addictions that he had. And so we weren't even talking at that point. And at that point, it did not look like he was going to choose to come back to his family at all. Mm. And so it was it was during a time we weren't talking, life was chaotic. Mm. The world had found out about what we were facing. Public opinion was invited into this very private pain. Mm. I felt utterly alone in the world. And I went and sat in front of my counselor and he said, today's a good day to start your healing process. He said, do you want to heal? And I was like, yes, of course I want to heal. And he's like, well, then let's start working on forgiveness. And I just looked at him and I said, are you high? Like, are you crazy? <laughs> Yeah. I cannot possibly start working on forgiveness because the other person hasn't said they're sorry. Mm -hmm. They haven't acknowledged what they've done was wrong. Mm -hmm. And if I forgive them, I feel like that's just giving them permission to hurt me again. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, Lisa, let's start with your pain. And he handed me the, the stack of three by five cards. Mm -hmm. And he said, just write one thing on each card of how you've been hurt. Like get all, get it all out how you've been wronged, how you've been wounded, the pain that's been, you know, inflicted upon you, write it all down. And I wrote card after card after card. Jordan, I think there were probably 30 or 40 cards mm. laid out across the mm. floor. And when I finally got it all out, I looked at my counselor and he did something so beautiful for me. He, he looked at me and he said, Lisa, I believe you. And I can't really explain why it was so powerful, but he went on to acknowledge that what happened to me was wrong and that it was real. And it was so incredible to have one person in this world acknowledge and bear witness to the pain that I had been through. And it wasn't the person that, who hurt me, but just for another human to do that is incredible. And I want to do that for somebody today. I know there's someone listening and you just think, I've been hurt so deeply. And no one else in this world has even dared to acknowledge that what happened to me was wrong. So I want to do that for you today. And I want to say to you, I believe you. Your pain is real. I am so sorry for what happened. It should not have happened. And then I want to add, but friend, <laughs> you deserve to stop suffering because of what another person has done to you. And the only way to sever that source of suffering is through this power of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And Jordan, you asked such a good question. You're like, okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. But what about when I make the decision to forgive and then those feelings come back to me mm -hmm. of like anger or bitterness. Mm -hmm. And that's where we have to understand that forgiveness is both a decision and a process. Forgiveness is a decision. It's a moment in time where we decide to forgive for the pain this person has caused us. And so with those cards, I went card by card by card and I said out loud, I forgive my husband for this pain that has been so hard for me. And I added, and whatever my feelings will not yet allow for, the blood of Jesus will surely cover it. And the reason I added that last part is just to acknowledge that I can't do this on my own. It has to be a spiritual practice as well. Mm -hmm. And I even just have that marked moment. I took a piece of red felt and 
placed it on top of each card. And so that was the decision to forgive. And no one can take that away from you. But when you get triggered in your pain, as we all will, when things have been traumatic for us, then we have to walk through the process of forgiveness. We've already forgiven for the fact of what happened, but then we have to walk through that emotional process to forgive for the impact that this has had on us. Every trauma, there's a fact and there's an impact, and we've got to leave room and space in our lives to walk through that emotional healing process. And the deeper the wound, the bigger the impact. Mm -hmm. And I think it's crucial. That's where the healing work of counseling can come in. That's where now when I get triggered in pain, I have to now forgive for the impact. I literally will stop like in the middle of the grocery store and say, I now forgive this person Mm -hmm. for the fact that I'm feeling anxious when I was never felt anxious in the middle of the grocery store before. But this is part of that healing process and whatever my feelings will not yet allow for the blood of Jesus will surely cover it Mm. and that's how you walk through both the decision and the process of forgiveness that's really helpful Um, I think that's really helpful for a number of reasons but mostly because I think most of us have been trained to think that when we make the cognitive decision that it should just be good from here on out right it's almost like um, I think you could say this about a lot of things to say comparison right We might say, okay, I'm not going to compare myself to what's her name anymore, right? Or anything like that. And I think then we catch ourselves a week later starting to notice that coming up for us again. And we can get so frustrated, like, wait, I thought I made the decision to do this, right? And I think this whole, that whole principle applies so much to so many things, but especially when it comes to forgiveness, understanding that you can make the decision, but then the process of kind of almost, it sounds like, working through the natural human response that comes up. And it doesn't just come up one time. It comes up as you work through the healing process, as you are restored. It's almost like a consistent daily decision in some ways to say, I'm not going to let that be held over me, even if I'm, I'm feeling it right now and I need to identify that, acknowledge and validate that. And I think that is a really hard thing to do when we've made that decision on our mind. It can be so easy to invalidate our own feelings. I don't know if you've ever done that, but I know in different scenarios in my life, there's been times that I have truly felt like I invalidated my own feelings. I was like, no, I'm not supposed to feel that way, so I'm not going to. And then, of course, it comes up (laughs) in a not-so-pretty or great way when I don't want it to. So I really love that you shared that. I think that's really helpful and powerful to look at it through that lens. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) 
Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. A few minutes ago, I mentioned how I wanted to dig into, okay, what if it's not maybe someone else that you're forgiving, but you feel like you have to forgive yourself or even forgive God? When you and I were together a month or two ago, I asked you, this was before I knew anything about what was in the book, and I said, did you write about forgiving God? Because I feel like that's where I'm at right now. And you were like, there's a whole chapter on it. So I would love if we can kind of pivot into discussing, okay, maybe it's not a someone else, but what about when you have to forgive yourself? Let's start there. And then we'll talk a little bit about this concept of forgiving God. Um, did you, have you ever, yeah. yeah, I would love to just hear your thoughts on forgiving yourself and what that process can look like a little bit. Well, I would say these two questions, forgiving yourself and forgiving God are two of the most asked questions that I get. Mm. And um, interestingly enough, the Bible does not ever say that it's possible for us to forgive ourselves. Mm. And I, I, so I really, what I think it is, is that we are struggling to live with some regret or some shame that has been created by decisions that we made. And what we're really struggling with is not forgiving ourselves, but it's receiving God's forgiveness and learning to move forward. Mm. And, and how do we find a place in our brain for 
when we set off a chain of events that we so want to go back and untangle Mm -hmm. and we can't untangle them. Mm -hmm. And it's that heavy burden of shame and regret. Mm -hmm. And so I tell a story in the book. It's actually in the very back of the book in the Q&A section about how I've carried a lot of different weights in my life. I've carried the weight of being betrayed. I've carried the weight of breast cancer. I've carried the weight of almost dying from another medical emergency. I've carried the weight of broken heart. Mm -hmm. But by far, the heaviest weight I've ever had to carry is the weight of shame and regret. Mm -hmm. And it was in my early 20s when I got pregnant before I was married and made the really hard choice to have an abortion. Mm -hmm. And... I was told that it was just cells dividing. They could take care of this problem quick and easy. Mm-hmm. I would never think about it again. And um, what a lie that was. Mm-hmm. And it created this devastating weight of shame mm-hmm. inside my heart. And I wasn't in church at that point. But when I eventually got involved in church, I quickly picked up on these clues that that was this terrible, awful issue that, you know, Christians would talk about and that I had to keep that a secret the rest of my life or else I would not be accepted in my Christian circles. And Mm -hmm. the enemy did such a number on my head with it all. And I was so ashamed. And Jordan, it was, it was that feeling like I'll never forgive myself for this. And then I was, I was invited to do this Bible study, and I learned in that Bible study about God's deep love for me and how God, how God sees me. He does not see me as a sum total of my bad things and good things. God loved me from the very first thought of me, mm-hmm. and His love for me is not tainted by what I do or what I don't do. Mm-hmm. And it really blew my mind because I truly felt like part of the weight of my shame was I'm horrified that even God knows that I did this and that I probably ruined some great future that God had planned because I made this terrible, awful mistake and God can't love me. And that just wasn't true. And I remember God started to heal my heart and he challenged me to go and share my story. And I was invited to speak at this little Bible study of six women. And as I was driving there, I broke out in the sweat and God said, leave your notes in the car. I want you to share your real story, Lisa, about how I'm healing your heart from the abortion. And I was like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. At that moment, I probably may have even cussed because I was so terrified. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no way, God. But I walked in that night and... I didn't leave my notes in the car, but I did leave them in my chair when I got up to speak. And I went and sat in front of these women. I would not look at them. I looked down at the floor the entire time. I shared my story with tears streaming down my face. And I said, but God is finally teaching me. I'm not a sum total of the worst mistakes I've made. I am who he says I am. And I'm a dearly loved child of God. And I looked up. And expected scowls to be on their face. I expected these women to like throw rocks at me and kick me out of the church. But instead, they all had tears streaming down their face. And they all looked at me and said, me too. 
Me too. Me too. All six of those women had had an abortion. All six of them had kept it a secret and all six of them were dying from carrying the weight of shame. And God did so much healing work in my heart that night. And I realized God wasn't telling me to share my story to punish me. God was saying, Lisa, receive my forgiveness and it will heal your heart. And as you share, these women will find courage to pursue that same kind of forgiving, healing work in their heart as well. Wow. What a story. And it's, I mean, there's so much I want to say, but I think it's so incredible when, thank you for sharing that so honestly as well, because that is so true and so powerful what you, what you shared out of it, but you're so right. I mean, there's just so many times where I think what you mentioned in the very beginning of that about how the Bible doesn't talk about really forgiving ourselves, right? It's almost like there, it's an understanding of allowing ourselves to be forgiven almost um, and and be loved. I think there's this this theme that came out of what you said. It just sometimes, I mean, I was talking with a friend this past summer. She had said something similar. She said, you need to let God love you. But when we're just covered in this weight and this shame, and we feel like we're just bonded to that. I think it can be really, really hard to do. And I know that from personal experience in my own life as well. But the fact that every single woman there a very similar experience is like my mind is blown, Lisa. <laughs> I'm like, I know, what? I know. No, oh my gosh. I mean, that just goes to and- show like what he was doing in your life. And I mean, wow, I'm literally sitting here speechless, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was too. And, but, but isn't it such rich evidence that God is a God of detail mm-hmm. and how he arranged all of eternity? to make sure that seven women, six in the audience and one standing up front in a little tiny Sunday school room at a little tiny country church Mm -hmm. and heaven opened up and he arranged all of eternity because he cares that much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God does say in the Bible that we are to leave the past behind. Mm -hmm. And Paul teaches us, you know, leave the past behind and strain toward what is ahead. Mm -hmm. And so that's, That's as close as I could get to a Bible verse about, Mm -hmm. you know, forgiving yourself. But really, because forgiveness doesn't originate with us, Mm -hmm. it's something that originates with God. We have to receive it and then live it out. Mm -hmm. And then you also ask such an interesting question, forgiving God. Let's go there. Are you good with that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go there. That's That was the uh, like number one question I asked you, because I think sometimes when hard things happen to us in life, even if someone didn't do it to us or we didn't choose it, there's this weird space where you're like, well, who's responsible for this then, right? Like you want someone to blame. And I think we often turn toward God because we're like, hey, you could have stopped this, right? And then we feel like almost betrayed in some ways. At least I've experienced that in my own life. So yes, let's go there for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, I think I wrestled with this question of being hurt that God saw what was happening in my marriage and he didn't stop it. Hmm. And also, I felt like I'd had discernment that things were going wrong in my marriage, but discernment doesn't give you details. And so there was something about the fact that God saw it all and let it go on Mm -hmm. for a really long time. And then 
by the time I found out, I was like, really, God? Mm-hmm. I just kind of felt betrayed by God, too. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have, you know, suffered with infidelity in your marriage to feel that way. I think a lot of us feel that way. When when we don't understand what God has allowed, mm-hmm. we can start making this assumption, like, how could a good God do nothing? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what was messing me up so much. And yet we know that we don't serve a do-nothing God. Mm -hmm. Our God is always doing something. It's just we don't always see it or perceive it the way that it needs to be perceived. Mm -hmm. And so I remember wrestling with this in deep, deep ways. And during my journey, there was this one situation I had where there was so much emotional trauma. Emotional trauma can start to play out as physical trauma. And so I had this terrible thing happen where my colon ripped away from the abdominal wall, twisted around itself and cut the blood flow off inside of me. And they had to rush me into emergency surgery and I almost died. And I remember the surgeon right before he put me under, he came in And he said, Lisa, it's taken us four days to figure out what's wrong with you. And I know during those four days when you've been here in the hospital, you've been crying out because you're in so much pain. And I know that you've begged God to take away the pain. But I want you to know God was so good to you in not taking away the pain because all the tests we ran came back negative. And so if you would not have been in pain, then we would have sent you home, your colon would have ruptured, and you would have died. But because you were in pain, we kept you in the hospital, we kept running tests. Now this last test finally revealed what's wrong with you, and we're going to rush you into surgery and save your life. It was actually the pain that helped save you. And as he walked out of the room, I remember having this thought, wow, God loved me too much to take the pain away. God actually use the pain, keeping me in pain. He actually used that to save my life. And I started to say like, wow, I think this is true, not just of physical pain, but of emotional pain. And so I remember I pulled out my journal and I wrote in my journal, God loves us too much to take away our pain at any other time than the right time and in any other way than the right way. And so it's not that we need to forgive God because God's never sinned. He, he hasn't done anything wrong. It's that we need to wrestle with the fact that we don't always understand God. And it's hard to trust when we don't understand. But what we do know about God is that he is faithful. And what we do know about God is he's not a do-nothing God. He's always doing something, and he does his very best work, I think, in the unseen places. Mm, That's so good. What a powerful perspective that gives, truly. I mean, it's so so interesting to think that like when you when we look at it with our human brains it's like hello you could see all of this going wrong why didn't you do something but then with what you just shared it's like he actually was doing something and i think even when it comes to the emotional pain that we sometimes that we experience through grief or loss or other things you know rejection in our life it can be like god why why would you allow that to happen but so often i mean i i'm starting to experience this and i know you have as well there's a depth and a 
returning. I think that happens on such a deeper level. And that's form, that's formed through the fire. Even if we don't want the fire, that actually in some weird, unexpected way that doesn't even totally make sense, it like revives us too. And like through the refining, if that makes sense, like through the pain, there's also a revival of our heart. I mean, there's also a perspective shift on, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I walked through my own pain not too long ago, I've begun to realize that it's woken me up. Um, It's really woken me up to habits that I had that weren't even healthy, to beliefs that I held that weren't true to things that I was doing that weren't priorities, to asking the single most important question that I now believe is one of the most important questions when it comes to anything that we spend time doing is why am I doing this? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? And I don't think we have the lens or the perspective to see that when everything just feels fine, right? It's when we're like walking through this thing that's like, there's that C.S. Lewis quote, pain insists on being attended to. I think it's C.S. Lewis. And Mm. isn't that true, right? Like, had you not attended to your pain and gone to the hospital, he told you what the outcome would have been, right? And I think in the same way with other types of pain, whether someone caused it to us or we're walking through shame, like it insists on being attended to. And when we attend to it, it gets our gaze off of the things that I think we tend to focus on that don't actually matter or that are not the most important things in life. And fixes our eyes back on what we need and what matters most. And it can really wake us up, even if it's in the most jarring, uncomfortable, hurtful way. And at least that's what I have. One unexpected game that can sometimes come out of pain is an awakening, I think, in some weird way, or or even a life-saving experience like in your experience with that. But thank you for sharing that too, because that really, I mean, that is giving me so much hope, even in a season where I'm kind of in a desert, like, okay, God, where are you now? You know, where I think we can all feel that. So I am really thankful that you shared that. I would love to share just, or I would love if you can share just a couple of things to, as we move into wrapping up here, although I know we could talk forever. Let's talk a little bit about practicals here. So we've covered perspective. We've covered the truths about it. We've talked about what it looks like to forgive others, to forgive ourselves, and even, you know, that feeling of, I feel like I need to forgive God. Like I'm just mad at him, how we can process that. But on a more practical level and putting legs to this, what are some steps that we can take to process the hurt that we're feeling in kind of a healthier way or in a healthy way in general? Um, do you have any thoughts or advice that you would give if someone finds themselves in just such a bitter place or such a painful place that it feels almost impossible? What steps would you recommend taking first? Well, first of all, I think that bitterness has always been looked at as if you have bitterness in your heart, then you have limited potential for thriving relationships. But I actually want to push against that a little bit. And I want to say bitterness doesn't often visit the cold-hearted person who isn't good at relationships. Bitterness often visits the person who threw their arms open wide and dared to love with everything they had. And when they got hurt, that's when that deep emptiness of bitterness kind of crept in. And so bitterness is not an indication that you're limited in your ability to love and have a thriving relationship. Mm -hmm. Bitterness is just an indication that emotional healing needs to take place. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes people are like, oh no, I don't have bitterness. Bitterness is bad. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that we want to sit in our heart Mm -hmm. because 
bitterness doesn't just want to be a feeling. It wants to corrupt everything and become our only feeling. Mm -hmm. But don't beat yourself up if you've got some bitterness. See it as an indication that you actually have a beautiful, tender heart that just got hurt. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a really practical thing is to sit down and be honest with yourself. In my book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget, I give a long list of surprising ways that bitterness might be hanging out or hiding out in your heart. And, you know, and I I say in the book, you know, as you go through this list, it's going to step on your toes a little bit. But please, no, I'm not judging you. I'm too busy tending to my own hurt feelings around this list. So it's like, I knew how to write the list because I've struggled with this, but bitterness leaks out in so many unexpected ways. So I think it would be a beautiful exercise just to sit down, look through that list and really consider where bitterness might be hiding out Mm -hmm. in your heart and then tend to it and how we tend to it. My counselor has this quote that says, when it's hysterical, it's historical. Mm -hmm. And what that means is start looking for those times where you have an out of proportion reaction to an offense at hand. Mm -hmm. And that hysterical nature, that that overreaction, Mm -hmm. that is an indication that there's something in your heart that's gone unhealed. Mm -hmm. And so you're pulling the pain of the past into your present again. I help people walk through in the book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget, how to collect the dots of our story and then connect the dots of our story and then correct the dots of our story. And that means putting the pieces in place. What are those things from my past that are that have gone unhealed and are really affecting my present relationships? Mm-hmm. And spending time journaling those things, that's one of the most practical helpful, money-saving ways to enter into a therapeutic healing journey. That's good. That's so good. Okay, Lisa, you've got so much to share, but where can people read about this, see that list, read your Q&As and everything that you've packed into this book? Where can they find it? And how can they learn more if they want to get a hold of this book? Well, um, you can go to the website, forgivingwhatyoucantforget.com. Or you can find the book wherever books are sold. And I'm so grateful. It's it's really widely available. And along with the book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget, if you want a guided journal that is really like having a counselor and a friend hold your hand as you read the book and guide you through all of those exercises, those journaling exercises that will help you process what you're reading in the book. I also put a journal out and it's called the Forgiveness Journal. It is also available wherever books are sold and it goes hand in hand with every section of the book. That's an awesome tool. You guys go check out the book grab yourself a copy. It is so powerful, as you can tell from this 40 minutes of just wisdom that's been poured out. Lisa, thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably so much of your story, not only here, but through your words and your books and everything that you put out into the world, as well as all the tools and and truth that you put out there. We absolutely appreciate you. And we're so thankful that you took the time to come on and just talk to us a little bit today. Well, thanks, Jordan. I always love talking to you. And it's just fun to know that today our conversation was recorded and other people can listen in as well. (laughs) I am equally as grateful. It is such a blessing. (laughs) 
I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.